What is up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. Let's kick things off. What's up, guys? American Toffee Podcast here with the instant uh, match reaction to Everton Southampton in the Carabao Cup. Everton lose 4-3 on penalties. Alex, your initial reaction post-game. Well, it was <clears throat> it was just kind of shocking. I mean, the conceding the first goal, you know, listening to some of the uh some of the the radio live, it seemed like it was very surprising to most people. And then, you know, the elation of Walcott tying it up very close to the end of the match. And then the roller coaster that is always penalty kicks. I'm going to be honest. I, I get so anxious anytime we get a penalty, whether that's in a match, uh, see Sigurdsson last, you know, three days ago, or if in a, in a premier league match or whether that's, you know, at the end of a cup match. So I, it was, it was despair to elation to despair again for me. Yeah. I think most Evertonians would echo that sentiment. For me, I think for everyone, it's a disappointing result without question. I think everyone after the Fulham game, we looked so good in that game. It brought us back up. Uh, it's almost like a bipolar thing where we were in the in the dumps, down in the dumps for a while. Bad run of form. We come out on last Saturday, Fulham put in a convincing performance, at least in the second half. And then everyone was really looking forward to this cup tie. Uh, and it played out in the way that I think probably we all should have expected, but didn't necessarily expect. Uh, right. Very Everton uh, way to go out of the cup. Um, so, yeah, disappointment all around. Uh, seven changes made to the starting lineup. We had Martin Stecklenberg obviously come in in goal. Leighton Baines come in for Luca Dean on the left. Kept the center backs the same, Kurt Zuma and Michael Keane, John Joe Kenny on the right, and then obviously Schneiderlin in for Adresa Gay. Davies stayed, Kieran Dowell in for Gilfie Sigurdsson, Bernard, Lookman, and Tosin across the front. Alex, what was your initial reaction upon seeing the lineup come out? So, <clears throat> obviously a lot of changes, and James, I got to hand it to you. I think you were right a couple days ago, you know, with your sentiment that we can't really make wholesale changes if we're going to progress. Um, but, you know, my initial reaction to it was the fact that I thought, you know, we made seven changes and I was just amazed at the depth of the squad now compared to what we've had in the past years, right? Like in the past two, three, four years, maybe, you know, for a good while, um, even, even further back. I liked I liked the midfield. Um, you know, Dowell, I was hoping Dowell would get a run out. Bernard and Lookman, excited to see them on the wings. A bit surprised that Jenk Tosin started up top instead of Calvert Lewin, but um, you know, at the end of the day, what can you expect in terms of finishing chances when, you know, you have three forwards, one being out of form and Jenk Tosin and the other two, Lookman and Bernard, not really getting minutes. Bernard hasn't played consistent football since he got injured in March. And <clears throat> Lookman, pretty much the same. I think he stopped in, in what, May when he came back from Leipzig. So it's, it's 
understandable. It's more so just, you know, how 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 the game seemed to progress that was even more disappointing. I agree with that. I think the Stecklenburg change, not necessary. There's a lot of chatter going around about on Twitter and the subreddit about the necessity of a cupkeeper, whether that's something that's worth pursuing or not. And I said this on Twitter, uh, a cupkeeper is fine when you have a good backup keeper, but I don't think Stecklenburg really instills a lot of confidence in Everton fans, and he didn't play particularly well today. He did save a penalty. Uh, Baines is a, and, and I think the the biggest reflection, you know, the changes we made were changes, but we're still putting players in who have significant amount of experience aside from the front three. And Silva did say this in his post-match uh, comments. Baines has been our mainstay left back. We've got Schneiderlin who started the season for us. And so it's not like we're, you know, seven changes to a starting Everton lineup two or three years ago. We're scraping you know, the U23s for youth players to come up and fill those roles. Whereas now the depth that we have allows us to make those types of changes. And even though I think it was too many changes to make, the players that did come in were still quality. We know Bernard has quality. We hope Lookman has quality and I thought he played all right today. And so I think seeing the lineup, it was, encouraging just on paper but obviously the chemistry between when you make that many changes between games really uh you could see that it wasn't quite there right yeah and that's just also partially growing pains because we have to remember that we still have a number of injuries as well so you know, when we already are pretty inflexible in terms of a starting lineup in the league, right? Which is, which is, um, whether we like it or not, our main focus because we haven't gotten the start that we wanted. Although, you know, our hopes can't be too high. Um, you know, it's just, it's pretty expected if I'm, you know, I think, I think the cupkeeper like Stecklenburg coming in is okay. I understand like the logic, like we need to win the cup. But at the same time, um, you know, it's it's really common practice. But I think I'm more disappointed that, you know, it didn't seem like Tosin was really very involved at all. Now, from what it looked like, Southampton put out a, a, a first string lineup, right? Like they understand that they're going to be looking at the bottom half of the table and possibly even fighting relegation depending on how they how they you know grow into the season and so they're they're very much focusing on the cup right whereas i can't i can't say that we were although you know a bunch of listeners probably right now are are moaning and groaning because of that statement and i'm not saying i agree with it but you know when you look at our start to the season we're sitting in 11th place um you know, that's not, you know, we need seventh, eighth place, preferably seventh place. Um, and that's, and that's just, that's an okay season in my opinion. Um, I think it'd be a pretty good result, but either way, it's unfortunate. It really sucks that it comes, you know, this, this quickly in terms of, of, of being removed or, or, you know, knocked out of the cup, but there's still, there's still another competition coming. And 
Um, I think I think it'll be okay. It's it's it would be very hard to make two cup runs and focus on the league with the aforementioned injuries. Yeah, I think that's fair. And again, seven changes is a lot to a side <laughs> that just won and looked quite convincing. But I don't think there's very many Everton fans that would say that Bernard didn't deserve to start this game. Um, because if you're not going to give these bench players time in the cup, in the Carabao Cup of all cups, when are you going to roll them out? Roll them out for, I mean, obviously our priority, I guess there's probably some dissent among Evertonians as to what our priority should be. And I agree that we should really be going after these cups because we're certainly not winning the league and we're certainly at this point not going to get top six. So are we just playing for, we're playing for seventh presumably. And even that with the growing pains we've experienced so far, this season is looking less and less likely. So I think the changes were a lot, but if you're not going to play Lookman in a second round care about cup game, when is he going to get a run out in the team? Because I just don't see when you can just, you can't just throw him in the side for some random Saturday match. I think this was a good chance. And Southampton came out looking to drag out the game. And, and once they scored, it became that much more apparent that they... And I guess we should disc- have a disclaimer here that we weren't... Obviously, being in the U.S., neither of us were able to actually watch the match. But I was listening to it at work. Uh, when Walcott scored, I like almost jumped out of my seat in my office. Is <laughs> like an open... It's an open office, so we don't have cubicles or anything. <laughs> And I like did like a double fist pump and people like all my neighbors nearby, like looked at me. That's awesome. (laughs) And I was just like, sorry everyone for the, it was kind of probably startling for them because I had my headphones in like full blast. I could hear the crowd roar. Walcott scored. Uh, (laughs) But that's getting a little bit off topic. Um, So I do think again, it's, it wasn't ideal to make that many changes. I think he probably could have gotten away with three or four. And you could see at halftime when he brought, uh, was it Richarlison that came on? Right. Uh, uh, no, Nias came. Nias came yeah, on. He brought Nias for Dowell. first. Yep. And Dowell, from what I could tell, was pretty very poor, which is too bad because we all have high hopes for him being a youth player. But I just don't think he's ready to be honest. Uh, and then we switched to a four, four, two coming out of the second half, looking to score, being aggressive. And we did have chances. Lookman had a good chance. Bernard had, you know, a couple chances as well. Tosin's finishing, obviously very poor. He, his form. I'm starting to just think he's not good enough. And I know a lot of other people have already come to that conclusion. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. See, I'm still holding out hope, and maybe I'm just uh, hard-headed. But he's just so likable, you know, with his with his hair dye and all that. Uh, <laughs> we can't give a conclusive uh, Tosin hair rating today, like we did last right. pod. I wish I wish I was I was in Liverpool so I could snag a sample and send it to the lab, but I can't. So <laughs> um, I I'm still hopeful, you know, because at the end of the day. If you're, you know, people talk about, okay, what, what is the definition in any league of 
a productive striker. And you're, you know, my first thought is 15 goals, right? So if you're thinking about 15 goals, would you agree with that? 15 yeah. goals? 15 so, goals is outstanding. Right. Okay. So you're talking about 15 goals as a productive striker. And it's even more, it's even more understandable and, and positive when you have goals spread out through the team like you, you, like you would prefer, which it seems like we are. To put that in perspective, we play 38 matches. So that's less than a goal, you know, every, you know, every two matches, less than a goal every two matches. So how many matches have we played? We've played six or seven. I think so. Total. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, okay. He has one goal. It's not, I mean, it's not good output, right? Like all strikers go through a drought, but my point is that I think there's still hope and seeing the kind of goals he produced last season when he got one chance every 120 minutes of football played, I think it can happen. I think personally, he's still trying to work into the Marcus Silva system because wingers, for example, in my opinion, are the or benefit the most from his system. Um, but you know, a target forward is not always going to be, um, you know, banging them in, especially when Jenk Tosin isn't the tallest guy around or the quickest guy around. So, you know, one of, one of the themes I heard today while listening to the match was that, you know, the commentators didn't even know that we won a header in Southampton's um, 18 yard box, uh, yeah. specifically from the, any of the forwards. So, um, you know, Jenk Tosin, obviously he, he can finish, but, but he's just not showing it. Um, I don't know what's going to pull him out of there. I, I know that Marcus Silva, after the Fulham match, backed him to go on, you know, going, go on a scoring spree, but we'll see. I hope, I don't know. I'm not going to say, yes, he is the man, but I hope he is. I mean, in all honesty, his goal against Fulham was of a tap in essentially with his head. It wasn't exactly a clinical finish. Right. Um, but, and I, like I said, I am starting to sour on him, but he is so likable and really Calvert. It's not like Calvert Lewin is really impressing. And it's really, I think it almost ties into the tactics of it because you don't see really either of them ever really being involved or getting that service. And I think I, I totally agree with your assessment that Silva wants to bring in his wingers more into play. Wants to use the striker as sort of a vehicle to bring the wingers into play more than have the striker being the main guy going to get him chances in the 18-yard box. Uh, one of the things that I did find very concerning was our seeming inability to win a single ball in Southampton's 18. When you have the likes of Zuma and Keane uh, bombing up on corners, I don't know, because it, it's so funny because in the first few games we were winning, Keane was winning everything on corners. It fantastic, yeah. And that's sort of dissipated now. So is it a lapse in form? It, I guess, and I, I don't think that I, anyone at the back was particularly impressive today, just from listening. I think Yoshida for Southampton, it seemed like every five seconds the announcers were saying his name winning headers in the box. Uh, 
And they did come out, Southampton did come out in a five at the back formation looking to, uh, again, kind of, they knew how they were going to set up a way. It's kind of a given. And then as the game dragged on and Ings got that goal, of course it's Ings. Of course it's Ings. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, they, you know, regressed even further into their half and they were playing for the one goal win, which fair play to them. Completely understandable. Um, but again, it's very concerning when we have all these big players and we can't seem to win a header off of set pieces, off of balls into the box. And then even when we're in the box, there just doesn't seem to be anyone who wants to be that clinical finisher. Uh, right. And, there- and you could see... Um, with the substitutions that Silva made that he almost regretted the way, not necessarily regretted, but he could see that what he had thrown out there from the start wasn't working. And he ended up obviously putting Richarlison and Walcott back on. Right. I think so two points um, or two comments to your points, right? So first one being that I can't wait till we see Mina um, um, brought into the side because he's six foot five he scored three goals in a row at the World Cup off off corners, um, so that's you know just just I, I can see it now. Gilfie Sigurdsson um, assisting Yerry Mina match after match after match. So so let's let's just have that thought hold us over. Um, but an, another another positive, right? I'm always going to be hitting on the positive. Um, I'm going to force all of you into that mindset. Uh, as as you pointed out, James, on Twitter earlier, it was just a cesspool of negativity and 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 just blood in the streets. Um, people wanted to strangle their neighbor, who also happened to be a blue, just because uh, it reminded me, them of Everton. So, um, point you know, another positive point was they they set up in a five back line, as you mentioned, right? Um, and Marco Silva realized essentially at halftime that a Dal wasn't doing well enough, and B, he needed another forward. So he brought on, transitioned into a 4-4-2, what it seemed like, right? I, I think the announcer, announcers mentioned it was a flat 4-4-2, which is what you would expect. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to work out a whole lot better that way. It sounded like we had a lot more pressure. Um, you know, the idea, Nias obviously has a lot more pace than Jenk Tosin does. So the idea of playing them off each other, although it's it's somewhat of an old school um, um, set up, it was a positive change. And so my, my, my overall point being, it shows you that Marco Silva is still tactically flexible in that regard, because a lot of managers, right. Um, they'll show you that they have one way of doing things. And specifically, right. If you think back to the Roberto Martinez era, one of the huge talking points and one of the huge gripes of all Everton supporters was that he couldn't make changes. He couldn't make positive changes. Right. He didn't know when to do it and how to change the tactics. And so Marcus Silva shows us that he can and he does. And most of the time, you know, whether you agree with, you know, who comes on the right or who comes on the left, in general, the formation, the overall tactic is usually a positive switch and it leads to better play. I mean, it's not, we shouldn't have to remind people, but it seems like based on the reaction, we may have to that Sam Allardyce was our manager last season. And just looking at the stats here, 
52% possession for us, seven shots, four on target. They had one shot on target that they scored on eight corners and four fouls. Um, and so that's seven shots on target would have been a month's worth of shots for us last season. Honestly, and maybe so, more. <laughs> exactly. And so even though the finishing isn't there, and even though we are out of the Carabao Cup, which without dispute was our best chance at silverware this season. So it is immensely disappointing. And I can understand why people are upset in this moment post-match. But I think when you start to expand your frustration where it becomes our team, there's no hope, it becomes you know, abject despair. I think that's where you need to take a step back and say, look, where we're at now, despite the results not being there, is miles, if not, you know, light years ahead of where we were last season. And it's still very, very, very early. We're creating chances. Uh, We've had one transfer window. And it's and we still have Gomez and Mina and to come into the side, two big signings in areas that we need, especially Gomez. I'm, I guess everyone's holding their breath waiting for Gomez to come to see what he can bring to our midfield because right. it does seem to be our biggest problem is that there's a major disconnect between our front line and our, and our defense. But again, it's so early. And at the beginning of the season, I think everyone would have said a decent cup run and eighth, ninth, tenth is a, a serviceable and acceptable first season. That was my thought going into the season. And yet here we are out of the cup, frustrated, and it becomes we're not going anywhere. This project has failed. And I just think that's very, very premature and it, frankly just short sighted. Uh, like I said, I can understand the frustration in you're you're isolated to this one match or the last few matches but you can't extend it out to the entire club um and i think that that's where we start to if the fans start to turn on this project it it's not going to go well we need to be behind the players right and you know um transitioning into you know looking at leicester away on saturday right? Here's a huge opportunity to bounce back because Leicester is sitting at eighth in the table to our 11th, right? So, um, and, and we know, um, for the last, what, two, three seasons that Leicester are a direct competitor in terms of league position. Sure. So this is one of the more important games of the season, regardless of where it falls. Um, because of the fact that, you know, again, they're higher in the table. We have um, we have we have some spaces to to gain on them, and so you know I'm I'm thinking that ideally, although it's away, Marco Silva has the man management skills to get their heads right. Ideally, he he managed in terms of his substitutions and his players well enough so that they can come out feeling for the most part, fresh defense, not a whole lot you can do there. You know, the back line pretty much had to play Seamus Coleman's out. We don't have any more fit center backs, but 
I'm thinking that, you know, love it or hate it, this coming this coming match is going to be a little more important in the long run either way. So, I, so yeah. James, what do you what do you think what do you think the lineup may look like? Who do you think could have warranted a spot based on listening instead of watching? Um, you know, how, how do you see that going Lester away on Saturday? Well, it's interesting because I think you can make a case to put Bernard out on the left to start over Richarlison. He didn't seem to be particularly effective at when he came on as a substitute. And obviously, I don't know if you've had a chance to see the clip of his penalty, but it is, it's genuinely shocking how bad it was between him trying to do the cute little stutter step run up. And then he just skies it, he leans back, skies it over the crossbar, nowhere near. Uh, and by all accounts, Bernard had a very uh, influential, influential game looks, you know, oozes class on the ball. And so I think you can make a case for him to come in, but again, we lost and you don't want to stick with those changes that really didn't work. So I expect to see obviously uh, Ghana come back in, uh, Dina come back in, Pickford without question comes back in. Uh, and then I think the flexibility, I think you keep the defense consistent, obviously without besides Dina. And then uh, I guess you could make a case for putting in Schneiderlin alongside Gay instead of Davies. Cause I don't think Davies had a very good game either. But he played very well at Arsenal, so I don't know if he necessarily deserves to be dropped. And he's everyone's favorite player to pick on. And he, I, I saw several uh, tweets about him missing five-yard passes, and, and fair enough. Not his best game, but I still think he offers more of what we need in midfield than Schneiderlin and Gay, who I've gone on the record as saying I think are too similar, play, too similar of a player. And I think Ghana has a much more offers much more. Uh, expansively, you know, winning balls back, uh, even if he doesn't do as much bringing forward. So I expect to see basically the same lineup we saw against Fulham, uh, except for perhaps Bernard in, but Bernard honestly, in for Charleston. Bernard in for Charleston potentially, I guess, because I just don't see how you can't put in, I don't see him putting in Bernard for Sigurdsson in right. the number 10 role. Not going to happen. I, and so that's where you kind of run into this problem is we have Richarlison and Bernard who are arguably our two bright spots so far this season attacking wise in Walcott. We haven't even mentioned him yet. I mean, he scored the goal. He missed a penalty. Uh, so kind of unfortunate, but a great finish. I saw that the, the clip of his finish is a really quality finish. So, we have a lot. We have some selection problems up front. I wouldn't be surprised to see this or us go back to the same lineup that we played against Fulham, considering the players that rested, uh, and then see obviously Bernard used in a substitute role yet again. Right. I I'd have to agree. I really did think Calvert Lewin was going to start today, and he might look at playing Jank Tosin on the weekend, but that wasn't the case. Calvert Lewin didn't make the bench. And so that's either being, I, I personally think it's probably rested because of the fact that Nias, our third string striker was already there and he hasn't really gotten any time otherwise this season. Um, so assuming he's not injured, which hasn't been reported, fingers crossed, I definitely assume he's going to start on the weekend, but you know, for Calvert-Lewin, that's going to be his, that's going to be his, his moment to shine. 
because if he goes another match, uh, essentially rolling on the ground every 10 minutes and um, making poor decisions going forward, then even though Jenk Tosin isn't in scoring form, it's pretty easy to opt for the more experienced player, you know? So we'll see how that plays out. And if I'm correct, as far as, you know, the announcer did seem to mention that Richarlison was pretty poor tonight, even leading up to like his, his, his penalty miss. So I think that it could be a good shout to start Bernard on the left. I'd like to remind everyone that stats suggest throughout the last couple of seasons with Shakhtar Donetsk, um, Bernard was the most productive on the left-hand side. So, you know, although he can play left, center, and right, he's the most productive on the left. Very much opens up an opportunity. Maybe give, you know, maybe sub in Richardson at the 60th minute or the inverse. We'll see. We'll see. But I agree. Um, don't change something that's working is is very much a sentiment sentiment I usually stand by. But I think I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good match. The boys seem to have a much more positive and stronger mental um, attitude and fortitude about them this season in terms of rebounding and how they need to approach games. So I'm I'm actually excited for it. I'm excited for it. I think they'll do well. You're it's a trap. You're being trapped. <laughs> it's as I always say about Everton Football Club, it's the hope that kills. And yet I I I choose to be put in a coffin every other weekend. But I'll never learn and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think we'd as we wrap things kind of wrap things up here, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh the three I guess X, not necessarily some on loan players who scored today. Nikola Vlasic scored the winner for Moscow versus Real Madrid. That's that's huge. peak Everton. <laughs> peak Everton, where we're losing to Southampton in the Carabao Cup. <laughs> and he's scoring against Real Madrid in the Champions League. And yet somehow he's deemed not good enough. I still stand I still stand by my statement that it wasn't a mistake to let him go but he is producing in russia worst case scenario we get a larger fee for him um next summer when you know if when he decides he wants to leave but continue and then also uh mohammed besic scored and i believe yannick balassi scored as well um so and i wouldn't take either of those players back but i just thought we we it's worth mentioning uh Vlasic, I agree. Worst case, we get a big fee for him. Best case, he comes back to us a much improved player with a lot of confidence. And he looks... He's been getting rave reviews and his performances have been outstanding, uh, which, again, would indicate that it was a mistake to let him go. But I just... I still don't really see how he'd fit into our side as it stands. I think moving forward, we can certainly find a place for him. But right now... I I agree with you. I'm still optimistic because you have to take the long, you know, the long road look at the state of the team. Correct. Where were we last year? Where we are now? And most importantly, where we're going? Because I don't think, I don't think we'll regress. I don't think we'll get worse. I think it's, we might have spots that are poor and we're going to have ups and downs, but I think 
if we get behind the manager and get behind the players, it's looking much better than it has. And I think there's a lot, a lot to be positive about despite the result today. Right. So I guess we'll see if they, if they prove or disprove um, our hopefulness on the weekend. I'm, I'm excited um, to watch and then be able to cover it. I hope everyone enjoyed, you know, this second podcast of the week. James and I are, are excited to, you know, be producing twice a week instead of once. Ideally this, this midweek episode is going to be more so news in kind of like a pre-match content, but naturally since we had a cup game, it ended up mostly being a match review. Um, we're, we're, we're more active on Twitter now. We're really excited about that. So if you search American Toffee Podcast, I believe the new at handle is USA Toffee Pod. Yep, that's right. Because um, as much as it pains me to say someone has at American Toffee, and that account <laughs> has not been active for a couple years. Oof, so, um, right. So USA Toffee Pod, please give us a follow. Um, you know, interact with us, send us a message. And I hope I hope you you enjoyed listening. Yep, same here. Uh, genuinely, everyone listening, we appreciate the support a lot. We're going to be taking steps moving forward to kind of make improvements here and there. Uh, reach out to some people, see if we can't, uh, you know, get some feedback. Maybe get some new guests on the show at some point. And we really would value any kind of feedback that you have. So. Reach out to us on Twitter, like Alex said. Uh, email us at americantoffee at gmail.com. Uh, or obviously, we'll be posting this on the Everton subreddit, which is a great community. Uh, and so reach out to us on there, direct message us. Um, we're really receptive to comments, criticism, everything. So uh, please, please do if you have something to say, something. And if, if, you know, any topics you think we should cover, anything like that definitely let us know. Yeah. And until Saturday, have a fantastic rest of the week and up the toffees.